When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Mitch Album, and you're listening to Tuesday People. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, celebrated its 25th anniversary this past week, and uh, the 20, 20, 25th anniversary edition of Tuesdays with Maury is now in stores with a new chapter at the end, so it would make more sense to have a chapter at the end than to do one at the beginning, yeah. and uh, we're glad to have you joining us here, Lisa. Goich is alongside, as always, as you can hear, my producer and friend who produces this, is, this podcast. This is so exciting, Mitch. It's been all a buzz on the internet, on our all of our group websites. Everybody's very excited about this 25th anniversary. And I think they all feel a part of it, too, especially because of the show. You know, they feel like they've been growing with this all these years, and now they have a place to voice their, you know, to talk about it. So, yeah, I think it gets everybody who was ever involved with it uh, before uh, kind of rejuvenates them and gathers everybody back together. And a lot of people have written me saying, yeah, I, I you know, I, I remember that reading that book 20 years ago, I dug it out, I read it again. And uh, boy, it really holds up now. It's different in my life now than when I read it before, but it's got so many pertinent lessons to how I'm living now, et cetera. So, I'm glad. I'm glad that Maury continues to teach. He continues to teach me. Uh, I continue to learn from the, uh, shall we say, the blueprint that was put forth in that book about how to live a a life that matters. And I was reading through, one of the great things about doing this podcast is I get to read through the transcripts of all of the tapes that uh, Maury and I did together. Uh, And it's like, for me, it's like reading Tuesdays with Maury inch by inch. Instead of instead of the summation, I'm reading it inch by inch, literally every comment, including all the off, you know, can you move my shoulder? Can you rub my feet? Uh, I'm a little thirsty. Uh, you know, all those things are written down. Yeah, but I get I get to see a lot of the minutia of it, too. And uh, I stumble upon some very interesting things. So here on the 25th anniversary of the book, I came upon this little aside. On gosh knows this is maybe in the a month before Maury passed away, where we had finally, uh, we were making a proposal for the book, still had not been agreed to, to be published, but I was going to meet with some publishers and we talked about a title. And uh, yeah, listen, listen to this, uh, listen to this little exchange. We don't have a title, do we? Um, the tentative title that we called it was Tuesdays with Maury. That's what's in the proposal. So it was funny. Some of these people liked it, that, and some said to me, could we change the title? 
I don't know. What would you call it? You keep coming up with different ones every week. I told them. I said, Maury comes up with a title a week, so if you just wait a few more weeks, I'm sure I'll have a few more candidates for you. Conversations with my coach. Conversations with my coach. There you go. Or uh, listening to the end. Listening to the end. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I thought about how we say goodbye. I thought that was, you know, that kind of encompasses everything. So there are some potential wow. other titles that the book could wow. be called. Yeah. Conversations <laughs> with my coach. Yeah. I don't think that would have worked in the sense that it, then I would have thought it was more sports related, you know? I think that's where everybody's head would have gone. And it's just so funny. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I well, mean, and. Tuesdays is so perfect. <laughs> exactly. Once a book has been out and has become known as that book, it would be hard to imagine it. It's like a, a baby. After a baby's been around for a while, you don't imagine them with a different name anymore. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the baby, yeah, when the baby's first being born, there's a thousand names. But uh, after about six months, you can't ever imagine that name being going for anybody else. No. So anyhow, there was some potential titles of the book and the little things that you discover along the way of getting a chance to listen all over again to the conversations that Maury and I had. And there's been uh, a change in my life in the last few weeks that I've spoken about a little bit about this little baby that has come into our existence. Uh, we have a, a seven month old baby uh, from Haiti, who was extremely malnourished and in danger of losing her life. And we brought her up on our recent trip from Haiti. We got paperwork for her to bring her up for a medical emergency, basically, and got her in to see some doctors, got her on some programs and are fattening her up by the day. And uh, she's she's just a delight. Aww. Absolute delight. Uh, and she's a joy to have, even though they're, you know, we're doing bottles and formula and diapers and all that kind of stuff. And we cheer every, every ounce that she gains, you know, when we take her into the doctor and you take off the, take off her little outfit, you know, she has to be weighed just in her diaper. And, uh, there are times when I'm tempted to say, you know, let's just bring her with a full diaper. She'll weigh more. But, <laughs> That'll make it look like more progress is being yeah, made. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that they'll notice right away as soon as their clothes come off. But uh, when she went from seven pounds to eight, when she went from eight to nine, last we had her was nine pounds, 10 ounces. So we're hoping that she's over 10 the next time we go. And it's just, you know, it's all these things that until very recently were not a part of my life. But that's that's a great thing to learn. And it's a great thing to, you know, sort of make adjustments. And it reminded me of, of, of something that Maury talked about. Ironically, here we're talking about birth, uh, but we're also, in his case, he was talking about death. And um, it, it, it speaks to, to several ideas, mostly quiet. The idea of quiet. Now, I don't lead a quiet life in general. I, I am communicating all the time. Uh, yes. I'm always talking to people. Here we are talking again. The only real quiet I get is when I write and when I work on my books. But in that, it's not really quiet to me because I'm hearing all kinds of voices in my head. 
as I'm working. I'm the voices of the characters that I'm creating, the voice in my head that says, don't do that, do this, or no, that's no good, or change that, or whatever. So it's not quiet. It's really not quiet. Even when uh, it is quiet. Even when it's quiet, it's not quiet. <laughs> it's and then not when it's, quiet, right. When it's not quiet, like with all the kids around from Haiti, we had at one point 11 kids here, including the baby, uh, you know, college age kids and kids who were visiting or whatever. So there's always a lot of people for dinners and lunches and breakfasts uh, while the kids, I just took the kids to college the other day. Uh, and uh, before that, every morning, 930, we, we set a time and it was like 20 eggs and 14 pieces oh of toast and three avocados and two pounds of cheese and a pound of turkey Whoa. and, uh, you know, bananas and a cereal. And I mean, you know, and I had to set up this whole buffet and make all the eggs and do all that. So it's, it's, it's fine. I'm not complaining about any of it, but it's loud. It's noisy. It's loud. But it and would be so, fun. I can't yeah, believe all those kids. Wow. Oh, yeah. it is fun. It is fun. But what you don't get an appreciation for or a chance to appreciate is quiet. Yeah. And now that they have gone to college for uh, a day or two, uh, and, and someone else is watching the baby for a day just to give us a break, that we've had some quiet. And I went and looked up Maury talking about silence, mm. silence, and, and, and what we can gain from it. And I, I find this to be a very interesting little passage. Listen to what he says about the topic. Talk to me a little bit about the whole notion of silence and the value of silence as you as you go through this, because we live in a pretty noisy world, you know, everybody, especially with talk radio, everybody feels like they have to say yeah. something. And uh, are you learning something as you? I'm learning how difficult it is to be with silence for most people in this culture, including myself. But as I get more silent, I'm learning the great value of silence. The value is that you can see more clearly others, what they're up to, and you can hear yourself more clearly because you're not all jumbled up with your voice, but just your inner voice. And as a matter of fact, at one point, I differentiated silence into two parts. I call it the silence of the womb and the silence of the tomb. The silence of the womb is when something is going to swing forth. A creative thought, an original idea, a spontaneous loving gesture. That's the silence of the womb giving birth to something new. The silence of the tomb. Everything is dead. There is no life. There's no spirit. There's just a heavy silence that covers everything. And I think of that like after an atomic bomb has exploded and everything is dead and destroyed. Well, are not the only two silences. The silence of deep meditative thought, where you will get deeply to understand 
yourself and the nature of your reality. That kind of meditative silence is why I expect to have when I lose my voice. So I will be able to express what I'm learning, but I'll learn it for myself alone. That's deep right there. I don't think I ever thought about that before. Yeah, I didn't either, but it really is it really is interesting. The silence of the womb, the silence of the tomb. So now he's not really talking about wombs and tombs. He's not really talking about the silence of the womb like a, a baby inside the womb. But he's saying the silence that comes before your brain gives birth to something new, a new, yeah. a new idea, a new act, a, a new gesture. And then the silence of the tomb when he says everything is dead, there's no life, he doesn't really mean like, okay, that's the noise you hear when you're dead. He means when something goes wrong, when everything blows up, when your world blows up or whatever, when, when, when somebody in your world does die, when you get fired, when you, you know, are, are, are thrown out of your country, whatever that case might be, you just get so depressed that everything is dark and, 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 and negative that's a silence of the tomb, a heavy silence that he says that covers everything, a heavy silence that covers everything. And I think we live through uh, both of those things. And I think, for example, sitting with the baby and watching her, and she is quiet most of the time. You know, she makes the goo goo gaga noises and some squeals and things like that. And of course, Janine and I are now battling over whether that sounded like dada or mama oh. you know, right? I said, there's, there's no there's no connection between the two they're they're very far apart so either it's dada <laughs> or it's mama but it's not we can't hear the same sound and both think that that's you know she she, she went two different ways on it dama but, one day yeah. she's just gonna one day she's just gonna go hey mitch i'm hungry Right. Yeah, that's probably coming. The soup's cold. Uh, but uh, most of the time she's silent. And you watch her uh, on her back, a little pill buggish. And she's just, she'll just hold there. And she'll uh -huh. just look at you. And she'll just hold there. And I've noticed that, like, for the adults who are sitting with her, we try to fill that silence for her. So oh, yeah. she's sitting and she's looking up and you're going, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to roll over? Are you going to roll over? Are you going to, are you going to make a face? Are you going to make a face? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like that. And she's just lying there. And you realize <laughs> when you think about what Maury said, maybe she's just enjoying that silence of the womb. Yes. And then she's going to give birth to an idea. And so she's like inside herself. Like now she's probably saying to herself, I don't understand what this person is saying. They're just talking gibberish in front of me. They're very big. They're very large. But she could right. also be saying, hmm, what is this thing that they call my leg? What is this thing? What, how, what can I do with this thing? Maybe I'm going to grab it. Yeah, let me just go grab it. And, and she does. And she like spontaneously sort of grabs her foot and kind of brings it to her mouth because babies can do that. And, and, and so she's thinking to herself, let me see if this will fit in my mouth. And the, the birth of the idea, which comes from her silence, she's not, it's not coming from her saying to me, what should I do with my leg? Well, I think you should put it in your mouth. 
it's the birth of an idea. And we don't give ourselves enough silent time. We don't give ourselves enough quiet time to just sort of get back in touch with our, our, our inside self, not to sound too new agey about it, but to get back in touch with our inside self and just sort of find out, okay, now I'm calm. Now let me think about what's really important. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. We've all seen the headlines in the news of how someone lost their life in an act of cold-blooded murder. And while it's sad and grabs your attention, most people go on with their day without giving it another thought. But have you ever stopped to think about the life of the person at the center of the news story? They were more than just a headline or a statistic. They were someone's loved one or friend. I'm Mike Morford, and my podcast, The Murder of My Family, dives into some of those stories to help listeners get to know the person who was lost and how their death affected those closest to them. Listen to The Murder of My Family everywhere you listen to podcasts. There are well over 100 episodes to binge on now. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. I have found, at least perhaps you've gone through this too, because we've each had some medical things in our lives. I've found, for example, when I have to go in for an MRI or I have to, um, I have to lie still for some kind of test, or, you know, and, and, and there's no choice. You can't listen to any music because there's nothing else going on. So you have to just close your eyes. Yes. And you have, but you're not sleeping, but you have to just sort of close your eyes. Uh, and uh, or sometimes you're in a dark room and you're doing some kind of treatment and you have to close your eyes, but you're not asleep. You don't you find yourself sort of almost sinking slowly down into some kind of level where you can really kind of hear yourself talking? Ah, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That you can't do if it's like we just stopped the podcast right now and said and I said okay stop go you know close your eyes and and get deep inside yourself. It would take a while. It, yes. It's a slow descent. It's like sinking, like a uh, the the pearl sinking in uh, in in what was the shampoo they used to always drop a pearl in? Oh to... yeah, like that wasn't pert, was it? Does that is that no making... no no it was uh oh gosh they used to drop a it was a green shampoo of some kind anyhow they dropped yeah. a pearl in and it sunk really slowly. Yes, that's how thick. Yeah. It was and would make well, your hair so feels. shiny. Yeah, but that's how it feels to kind of slowly descend into yourself and then get to the point where you can really hear your inner voice. 
And I think that's what Maury is talking about, the silence of the womb, uh, where you can then come up with an original idea. And that's when you sort of say, you know, I was really, I was sitting yesterday and I was, it was quiet and I was thinking, and I realized I don't want to do this anymore. Or I realize I, I want to change my job. Or I realize I want to have a baby. Or I realize, well, those thoughts are not going to come to you while you're busy ordering, uh, you know, six uh, deluxe cheeseburgers at the at the drive-through at Burger King. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what with the noise and the cars and the everything, then you're just focusing on all that kind of stuff. You've got to separate yourself from all the noise of the world in order for things to get that quiet, to reach that silence of the womb that little Naughty is going through all the time because she gets you know, deliberately left in quiet. And she doesn't have to talk all the time. Yeah. She doesn't feel like she has to say something all the time. Well, that's that. Aha. You just stumbled upon something right there, Mitch. Not feeling like you have to say something all the time. I feel like I have to fill every moment of silence with noise. You know, especially if you're sitting with somebody or you're in conversation with somebody or, you know, whatever, something like that. Right. Like, I always feel like I have to, um, you know just fill it. So I'm not sure how to stop that. Yeah. Well, it's a lifetime of training. I'm not sure you can (laughs) stop it. That's kind of who you are, but it is, it is sort of in that same vein of in order to really hear yourself, you have to stop talking. I, I, my wife tells a funny story about how, um, when, you know, her mother is very loquacious. Her older sister was very loquacious. And then Janine was born. Janine was kind of, you know, quieter because uh, they, were, they were talking. And then her, her brother was born. And her brother uh, did not talk for a long period of time beyond the normal, whatever the normal thing is, one year, year and a half, whatever. So they eventually, uh, her mother, her older sister, uh, took the baby to the doctor. and said, we don't understand, you know, why isn't he talking? And I guess they were talking so much that the doctor just said, there's nothing the matter with him. You two just need to be shut up for a week and he'll talk. And and basically that was what they were told to do was to stop talking for a week. And then he began to speak. So that, you know, in, in, in a primitive sense, that is kind of the making room for other people's sounds, including your own, you know, your inner sound. You've got to stop making noise, to quote the talking heads. Stop making noise. Say, ah, ha, ha. I'm trying to practice that right now. Probably now during the podcast is not the time for me to stop making noise. No, no, noise. no. Wait till after the podcast. <laughs> I <up>. mean, <laughs> I'm being very aware of it now. Like, I'm, I mean, my handle on all of my socials is Lisa Goich Talks. So, um, <laughs> uh-huh. right there. You didn't know that uh, that was a description instead of a name, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the other one that I want to touch on is the silence of the tomb. The silence of the tomb. Everything is dead, Maury says. There is no life. There's no spirit. There's just a heavy silence that covers everything. I think of that like after an atomic bomb has exploded and everything is dead and destroyed. Now, that silence, that particular one after an atomic bomb has dropped, heaven forbid we have to experience that. Uh, you know, you don't want to be around to even know what that's like. But I think he's also talking about 
a silence of depression, a silence of, of, of when you just feel like the world is against you, can't get a break, everything's going wrong, and it just feels hopeless. It's a silence of hopelessness. If you had to describe hopelessness, if you had to say, what is the sound of hopelessness? Wouldn't you mostly say dead silence? Maybe you would say somebody crying. But to me, hopelessness is defined by silence. There, there, there's nothing, nothing that can inspire your conversation. And that's a different kind of silence. That's what settles in upon you. It's not one that you choose yourself. It settles in upon you by negative circumstances and things happen. Yes. Both are very dangerous. Very dangerous if not used at the right, in the right way. Well, and, and it's not just outer silence, by the way. It's inner silence as well, right? Everything inside you goes silent. I've been in those positions before yeah. where I get really concerned when my inner voice stops talking and when nothing is sparking in there, mm. you know? Mm. Yes. And I don't know what that is for you folks who are listening when that silence of the tomb comes into your life. Maybe it's when you re-enter a bad environment. Maybe it's your workplace. Maybe it's when you have a memory of something really bad or abusive and you think about it and that's when you, you just sort of get that sensation, like uh, a heavy silence that covers everything. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you don't get too many of those. Mm -mm. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. So silence is not the enemy. Silence when uh, employed by a baby is a beautiful thing to watch. And you never know the idea that comes next. Like, I think I'm going to roll over. I think I'm going to roll over. <laughs> I do that every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before you roll over, huh? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to resist the urge to ask how long it takes between the idea and the actual act. Yeah. A little longer as the years go by. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that with, I'm going to get out of bed now. Yeah, I'm or going just to get, get out up. of bed. I'm, I'm going to get up from this couch. Yeah, I'm going to get out of bed now. Just give me one second to just get this eye working here. Let me just close it for a second, make sure it's working. And then I'm going to get out of bed. That's um, funny. But that's the, the various silences of, uh, from a baby to our depression, they mark our lives and they contrast the noise that we hear. And, uh, Maury found in the end a, a silence that was being kind of foisted upon him. Uh, and yet he was able to connect silence into serenity. Listen. You talk about serenity, and that does seem to be something that everybody I know is in search of, and nobody I know has found of my generation. Has this experience given you a serenity in, in a certain way that you didn't have oh, even... much, much more so. Much more so. Because, you see, I've stripped down to the essentials. I don't have to worry about career. I don't have to worry about pushing things one way or another way. I know the way I'd like them to go. I have to be concerned primarily about the relationships I have. That's the position I'm forced to be in. So that I can then 
look at the essential things that I think are essential and try to deal with them. So what Maury is saying here is that by being stripped of a lot of the noise, his career, pushing things to happen one way or the other, he's down to the essentials, the quiet essentials of life, which really don't change. When he says, what I need to be concerned about is the relationships I have, so does everybody. It's just that we push them aside because we're busy working. We're busy with our careers. We're busy with our hobbies, busy inventing ourselves. But most people will say, if they really admit it, that what really matters are the relationships in their lives. They just won't do anything about it until all of a sudden they're afflicted with a you know, hospital room emergency, whatever. And, oh, now I need to change my ways. It's a little late for that, right? So serenity, silence, babies, they're all kind of connected, all kind of connected. So that's what I learned this week. And, I, and, and like I said, it's a great opportunity to get to go back and listen to these tapes again. Um, really, really enjoy it. And we hope you do too. So uh, thank you all of you who have uh, sent wonderful notes about the 25th anniversary of Tuesdays with Maury. And those who are going to see the play of Tuesdays with Maury, which uh, is heading after uh, spending some time in in, uh, East Lansing and in Traverse City, is now heading to Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, uh, the Bay Harbor uh, Performing Center for the Arts, Bay Harbor, Michigan, and West Bloomfield, Michigan. So hopefully, nice. yeah, if you'd like to see the show, you get a chance to uh, go to one of those productions. Nice. Going, going, yeah, the show's being very well received. And on the 25th anniversary, it's nice to see it sort of come back to life. Ah, that's really cool. So until we get a chance to talk to you again, remember our website is wetuesdaypeople.com. Lisa Goitz is the producer of this program, and I am your host, Mitch Album, saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.